welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Declare out loud, today my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take your seat this morning? Thank you, Lord. You know, I reckon that there's probably not too many of us here today that hasn't at some point asked the question, where is God? Or maybe the, the question you've cried out, is in this situation, where are you, God? You know, we might have a, a strong faith in who God is, but situations and circumstances come our way and there's that cry out from deep inside that says, God, in this situation, where are you? I can't see your hand. I can't see your power in this situation. And I know for some people there's the feeling sometimes of, that even if God is real, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to see me. He doesn't seem to know I exist. If he is real, why doesn't he encounter me? Then there's that scripture in John that says, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Blessed are you, church. Has anyone seen Jesus face to face? He hasn't walked in my bedroom at all, yet we believe. Blessed are you. Yet, I'm sure there's some people that would say, you know what, you can keep your blessing. I just wish that he would just come and help. Just wish, I don't need to be blessed. I just need him to come and help me. I just need him to come and and show himself to me. I just need him in my world to take me out of where I am, and into something new. Well, let me tell you the good news today straight away is God has something new for you. God has something amazing for you. And the title of my message today is that God sees me. Would you say that out loud? God sees me. He does. I want to read you a Bible story that has shame, embarrassment and rejection, hopelessness, and loneliness inside of it. And it shows how Jesus sees a person like this who is struggling with these things. It's in John 8, 2 to 12. You can follow on the screens. It says, And early in the morning, Jesus came again into the temple. So Jesus came again into the temple. Where was he before early in the morning? In the temple. And all the people came to him and sat down and taught him. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. What were they doing there in the first place? Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, Jesus, 
that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. I like that arrogance there. And then in verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he raised his head up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, listen young people, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. I reckon that that's because the oldest, the more you live, the more you realise, like, I don't have it really together myself. You know, the more you realise you need the grace of God, you need the mercy of God. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up, and so Jesus didn't even see all that happen, I like that, raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Let me tell you here today, Jesus looks at you and he sees you with all your problems and he can't find any accusers. And he even says, he says this, she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, well, neither do I. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Isn't that amazing? We often leave out that last verse. I'm not sure exactly how that woman found herself in that situation. What's happened in her world that she would be known as a woman like that? But I'm pretty sure that she was grateful Jesus was there that day. The Pharisees were looking for Jesus to be judge, but they actually found an advocate. And let me say that it's the same for you here today. And I'm, whether you're a Christian or not, we all deal with the guilt, right, from our sin. The enemy tries to convict us that we are sinners, but we're not. I don't, I don't subscribe to that preaching that we are sinners. We're not. We're righteous. We're the righteousness of Christ. The Bible says that we are the crown of righteousness that Jesus wears. We aren't sinners anymore. We were once, but we've been saved by the amazing grace of our Saviour. And we're now the righteousness of Christ who struggle with sinful behaviours. But you can't form your world that I am a sinner. I am not a sinner. I sin today for sure, but I am not a sinner, which is why I can just bring it before God and walk in forgiveness. Now, that's a pretty good gift. And if you're to say that to the average person, they would just go, oh, that's impossible. Yeah, it is impossible. That's what makes it such an amazing gift, because only God could grant that sort of a gift. Only the one with the ultimate authority could say that when you give your heart and your life and your everything to me, 
you then have the permission to walk in the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. What the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ means is underneath that covering, we are still human struggling with sin, but he has covered us. And when the Father looks, he doesn't see the sin, he sees the blood of Jesus. And when Father God looks at your life, he doesn't see the sin you committed tomorrow, only the enemy sees that. And he's trying to hammer you down every day and make you feel guilty because of that. But you can stand in righteousness of Christ. This is why the Bible says, we are more than conquerors, that I am the head and not the tail. Some days you feel like the tail, but you just got to wake up and remind yourself, I'm actually the head. Jesus put me in that position. He is the one that won the victory, so I can take this position today as the head and not the tail. Is that good? She was grateful. God saw her that day. And amongst her feelings of guilt, shame and embarrassment and her overwhelming emotions, could you imagine being dragged into the temple in front of the holy people and being embarrassed and shame? Imagine the emotions that she was going through. Oh, my goodness. And Jesus just looked at her and said, I don't condemn you. In fact, why don't you just stand up and go and sin no more? God saw her. Perhaps in her heart, she was already crying out for God, but perhaps she wasn't. All I know is that at the right time, Jesus was there. At the right time, Jesus was willing to show you love over condemnation. And Jesus saw her. Jesus left her with a choice, though. He said, go and sin no more. Jesus also gives us a choice to sin no more, which is impossible, by the way. So what it actually means is to live under the cover of forgiveness and the blood of Jesus. Would you go and live under the cover of the blood of Jesus today in your life? Amen. There's a man in the Bible who lived in a time where God considered everyone except for him to be wicked. The Bible tells the story of a man named Noah who believed in having morals and living a righteous life. He taught this to his family and it left him as an outsider in the community. The whole world was wicked. Genesis 6, 5 says this. Says this. He says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. And then it goes continually. It's like not only was it evil, but man, all the time. These guys are just evil. But there was one man and one family who the community mocked and, you know, didn't get along with. Maybe you feel like that in your world. Maybe in just in your family. Maybe you're the only one that's given their heart to God in your family or in your workplace. And you feel like Noah in this situation. This is a story in history that we know of Noah and the ark. The flood that covered the whole world. Many writings and books and movies and stories depict that Moses and his family would have lived rejected, 
and mocked by the community because of the, his values and pursuit of righteousness. And you might feel like you're in the, the same boat today. But the community was set on wickedness. Moses, year after year, would have felt lonely, at times wondering, and I'm sure many of us have, should we live for the desires like everyone else does rather than believe what's right? Have you ever, you don't have to lift your hand, but my hand's up. I've had times, you know, should I just give in to the desires of this world or should I follow that still, quiet voice inside of me that says, Graham, I've got a greater calling for you. Graham, you can rise above. Graham, you might feel lonely for a season, but man, I'm coming soon. That still, small voice that just reminds us, you're not alone. See, we, we struggle sometimes to hear that voice because we allow our emotions and our feelings to take over and they're screaming at us. The enemy's screaming at you. But deep down inside, don't forget that there's a voice. There's a voice of God inside of every single human being on the planet. The Holy Spirit is knocking on your door. So at times we wonder, at times internal conflict of does God even care? For Moses and his family, this would have gone on for a very long time, at least 100 years in their lifespan. But in the end, it was proven that God saw him. Like the woman caught in adultery, God gave Moses the choice to follow his instruction and build the ark, even while the world around was mocking him. See, God saved Moses and his family through the flood by the ark. And God uses, used Moses to rewrite the story for humanity. Noah. I always say Moses. I mix these two up. You, you got no idea how, how I put Noah in my notes just to make sure I say the right thing. But they both got to rewrite. Anyway, see that? Noah got to rewrite a story for humanity. And let me tell you, don't, don't doubt for a moment, God's got a story in your life. And don't let the world around and how you feel and the emotions rob that from you. It's a gift from God. God's going to use you for amazing, amazing, amazing things. I, I love always thinking about the little desires that we have when we're children. Right, I'm pretty sure you had some, like being Superman, being able to fly. Did anyone, was anyone else able to fly? I was convinced. In fact, I still am. I reckon I can fly. I just got to get my arms right. And the dreams that are so real, right, when you're a child. But God put dreams in us. For some of us, it was literally just getting out of this lifestyle and being able to rewrite what the future will look like from, from your family onwards. You know, for some of us, it's changing the world. For me, it was becoming a preacher one day. You know, and I'm living out that dream that God placed in my life, but he's placed a dream in your life as well. And one thing I know is the enemy will use every possible tactic Whatever culture in the world is doing, he will move it just to rob your dream from your life. 
And don't give him that pleasure, church. Don't give him that pleasure. You need to rise up as the child, the man and the woman that God has created you to be and hold on to that faith that John was talking, that hope that John was talking about and let faith rise inside of you that we are, you are, I am a world changer and like Noah, not Moses, God will use you to change history in this community. He will use you this Christmas to change the direction of someone's life. Do you agree that with that? Take that on. There's a boy in the Bible. He was the youngest one out of eight boys in the family. He was 13 years old, and the Bible describes his older brothers as very good looking. This sounds like my family so far. Hard-working and very popular boys. His father was very important, a very important man in the community. And it appeared due to his age that the boy was generally out in the field looking after the sheep. He was overlooked, not considered for many of the mainly things. And scripture even portrays him as often forgotten about. Even so, one day where someone come looking for someone specific. It was this boy, and his dad forgot he even existed. And the prophet had to remind him. Imagine that. Although he was young, often on his own, he had dreams that no one knew about, just like you. He probably felt insignificant to others, like no one cared about him at times. But a time came when he realised that God saw him. A prophet came one day, and although all of his brothers and fathers were there, the prophet anointed him to be future King David of a nation. God also sees you today. He knows your dreams. He put them there. He knows your passions. He put them there. And he gave you talents. He put them there. We don't need to look for him because he already sees you. He knows right where you are. I love that. I was listening to Joel Osteen this week, one of my favourite preachers. He was just talking about how we're often searching for God, but God's already found you. And I love that. All it is is there's a veil that needs to just be pulled aside so that we can see God just like he's seeing you right now. Stay trusting in him and not your circumstances. And like David, you will see he has anointed you for something specific. Your time, like David's, will come, amen? Your time will come. The people that need to see will see. The things that need to shift in your life or in your family or in your job or in your circumstance, they will shift. Why? Nothing to do with you, but everything to do with your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Because he is the God that moves mountains. He is the one that declared that in the end times you will do even greater things than what he did when he was on planet earth. I don't know about you, but I think that that's in my time. And if it's in my time, great things are about to come out of my life. What about yours? Amen. 
You know, we saw the testimony here at the church on the screens last Sunday during the, how during schoolies week, just a week ago, a young man overdosed from drugs. And a couple of our red froggers were there, the right place at the right time, and his life was saved. Isn't that a miracle? It happened just last week. I'm pretty sure that that young man would say right now, God saw me. God saw me. He sent someone my way right at the end, right when I needed. God saw me. You know, the band can come up. You might be dealing with things like the woman caught in adultery or living with opposition like Noah and his family. Maybe you're frustrated because no one seems to notice you. No one is valuing your life and you feel all alone like David. Or things are getting real and you're struggling to see the value of your life like the boy at schoolies just last week. I'm here today to tell you that God sees you. That God sees you. God sees you. Like the others though, today you have a choice. It's your choice and it's God reaching out to you to help, to forgive, to restore and to show you that He loves you. The choice is simply, will you trust Him and let go? When I pen those words just there, that line, I originally just penned, will you trust Him? But I felt like the Spirit of God says that you need to let go. Pastor Rick, who was the previous pastor at this church before Mel and I, he had this little saying that he used to say to our leaders, that when we lead, we need to lead with our hands open, not with our fists closed. Our hands open. And for many people here today, today is the time to let go. Today is the time for you to go. God, I... I seem to always hold you on an edge. I, I, I hold you on, I will follow you and believe if you make my life better. But then as soon as my life turns into turmoil and struggles, I pull myself, I retreat. I pull myself back from you and I start doubting. I, I, I start denying like Peter did when Jesus was going to the cross denied him three times. That was one of those moments for Peter. 
But the great thing about that story is Peter ended up one of the most powerful men in history for the name of Jesus. See, God can do that for you too. God's not looking at your life to judge you. He's looking at your life, waiting for the opportunity to redeem you. See, like the woman caught in adultery, everyone was trying to find a judge in Jesus. Jesus was and is the only judge. So we judged that day by lifting her head and saying, if no one's going to accuse you, my judgment is, neither will I. Why don't you walk in my grace? Why don't you walk in my peace? Just go sin no more. When you deny me, your old will start to come back. But while you stay under the covering, the Bible says that we go under the in the hiding place, under the wing of the Almighty. While you remain under the blood, while your, your faith remains in Jesus, He continues to cover you. It's not an excuse to go and sin. But try to not sin and you won't go for very long. We need the grace and the blood of Jesus. Amen. And so today, it's, it's about letting go. Christian, non-Christian in this place. It's for all of us. Would you let go of trying to control and run your life? If you could do a good job, you wouldn't be having any issues. We need Jesus. Today we let go and we receive Jesus. If you're here in this place, right now is your amazing moment. The best day of your life can be today if you don't know Jesus right now, if you've never given your heart to Jesus before. Like all these stories that I've just read today, He sees you, but more than that, He's reaching out to you right now. This is that choice moment for you where you say, you know what? Without Jesus, I'm not doing very good. And I'm here today because I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to acknowledge that He is the Son of God, that He did come, that He did die on that cross. He shed that blood that's living to cover my life. And just like He rose in victory, I need to be able to walk in victory too. And so today I want to accept Jesus into my life. So I would just love you to do one really bold thing for me, just so I can pray with you in a moment. I'm not going to ask you out the front or there's no embarrassment here. This is between you and God. But I do want to be able to pray with you and celebrate with you. So right now, if you would like, I'm going to actually break this into two categories. I don't normally do it like this, but if you would like to receive Jesus for your first time today, would you just lift your hand right now? Nice and boldly, just so I can see your hand. I see your hand there, brother. Is there anyone else? And if you're here today and you're like, you know what, I believe in Jesus, but a little bit like Peter at that moment in his life, I, I seem to hold Jesus like on this knife's edge. If you do everything right for me, I'll give you my life. And then as soon as... It doesn't feel like that or we don't understand what's going on. We start to retreat from Jesus. But you're, you're at this situation here today and you're like, you know what? I don't want to live like this anymore. 
I don't want to live with this conflict, feeling guilty every time I do something wrong and not being able to pick myself up for the week ahead and, and just feeling overcome. I want to walk in victory as a Christian and a believer. And if you've been in that situation, walking like that, I want you to rededicate your life to God today, saying today is the day where I, put, I, I don't just put a line in the sand. Today I walk over and I don't turn back anymore. I'm just walking ahead with Jesus. If that's you today, would you just boldly lift your hand as well if you'd like to rededicate your life to God. I see your hand over there too, sir. Is there anyone else here this morning? It's a simple decision but it's about you just confessing in faith who you are, whose you are, and how and the direction you're going to walk in. I just want to look one more time. I just feel like there is one more person. I'm not trying to make it awkward, but I just want to give you that opportunity here this morning. Is there anyone else? Just quickly raise your hand. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. This is what we're going to do. There's two people here today. I just want to pray over you. Church, could we all just say this out loud after me? as a, a prayer of confession and faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, today, I give you my heart. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you I am free, no longer a sinner, but the righteousness of Christ. I am an overcomer, redeemed by the blood of Jesus walking in confidence, walking in victory and walking in assurance of my future with you. I accept right now, I am a child of God, born again, a new creation in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Awesome. Let's put our hands together for those people today.